These are the types of players that fit us and the characteristics that allow them to be successful. OKGs, our kind of guys. Great to be joined today by Adam Kunkel on the OKG podcast. Paul Fritschner, Adam Baum with you as well. Adam, you're down in Mexico right now playing in the G League. So congratulations on your recent signing there. And as I always start these shows with the former players that have been on, and I know a lot of times it's hard for fans to keep track of where everybody is and what they've done since the last time they saw somebody play. So Adam, I want to give you the opportunity here to start this off just to give people an update on what it's been like in your life uh, for the last year. Yep. I mean, so pretty much uh, after I got done playing with Xavier, kind of signed with an agent and kind of just talked it over with him, what he thinks my best route is uh, in the, in the next step to play professionally and whatnot. Um, So I got a couple offers right out of college to go play overseas. And I ended up uh, sticking with, uh, I ended up playing in uh, Astana, Kazakhstan. I was in the capital of Kazakhstan. Um, so we played most of our games over there, and then all of our away games were in Russia. Um, so definitely, I mean, definitely a cool experience, definitely a one-of-a-kind experience uh, being able to play over there and kind of just live over there and get to see how how the cultures are different and how, how they live life a little bit differently over there. Um, but definitely a cool experience. I enjoyed that. Played over there for about about five and a half months, um, and then I, I came came back for a little bit, came back for, I think, like a week and a half, two weeks. And then my agent kind of hit me up and told me he's got another opportunity for me to go out to Mexico City uh, to play with the Capitanes in the G League. And so I just started there about two weeks ago, played two games with them then. And then right now I'm back home for for All-Star break. And then I head out uh, tomorrow to go to New York to play in some of our away games uh, against other G League teams. But it's it's been a hell of a ride. Um Looking forward to keeping it going, seeing where I end up in these next couple of years. Uh, but yeah, just absolutely grateful for the opportunity and to be able to say I'm a professional basketball player. I mean, it's stuff I dreamed of when I was a kid. It's interesting Adam. when when you were back at Cintas in between Kazakhstan and Mexico, I was talking to you and you were like, you know, I'm kind of living out of a suitcase. My agent could call me right now and be like, hey, I got you a deal. You're on the next plane out. Like that that just seems like such a, a wild place to be in as a someone who's playing professional bat. What was that like to to have that sort of time in your life, even though it was short, but you're like, hey man, my phone could ring at any time and I'm out of here. Uh it's definitely interesting. I mean, it just uh testifies to all the hard work I put in, just knowing that pretty much at any time I could get called and got to be ready to go play games right away. So uh, definitely an interesting uh, predicament to be in just knowing I'm, I'm at home right now. I don't have anything going on, but just, I mean, it could be two weeks, could be two days. Like you said, I don't really know when I could get that call to, to head out somewhere and go play, but you just got to always stay ready. It's, it's definitely interesting. What was the most interesting thing you learned, Adam, in, in Kazakhstan or Russia or traveling around? Give, give us one story, something that sticks out. You'll say, oh, man, yeah, you guys wouldn't believe this. Um, honestly, I would just say, I mean, the language barrier was was crazy. Like, I'm, to talk even with my head coach, like, I kind of have to have someone there that speaks English and Russian. So, that I mean, that was difficult even in the timeouts, like, when – 
when we need to draw up a play or something, he's drawing up a play, talking in Russian. I'm looking at the other guys on the bench, like you guys, you guys got that? You guys know what we got to do? So, that, I mean, that was definitely difficult, uh, the language barrier, and then just going out in the city and simple tasks like trying to eat or go to the grocery store. Like I'm living on Google Translate, trying to translate it to them. It's It was difficult, but, hey, we managed. We got through it. Uh, so I want to go back now to the fact that, you know, you're from around here in Cincinnati, right? You, you played for Tim Sullivan at Cooper High School. You played on some great teams at Cooper. Um, I, I don't know if, if we've ever talked about this, but um, I broadcasted the, the ninth region tournament for a couple of years in that tournament game that you played uh, your senior year. I know you were not on the winning end of that game, but that was a, a really memorable game that you played against Cuffcath, and it's a game that a lot of people around Northern Kentucky still talk about uh, a lot. And so to go from Cooper to then go down to Belmont, where you started your collegiate career, and to make your way back home to Cincinnati, can you just Take me through, uh, you know, that whole journey for you and and what it meant for you to get that experience both in high school, then away from your city, but to wrap everything else up at home. Yeah, I mean, I would just like to start off by saying I've been blessed with some amazing coaches. Like you say, Coach Sullivan, Tim Sullivan. Uh, I mean, he's really he's really one of the main guys that, that helped me through everything, not just basketball-wise, but kind of growing into becoming a man and making my own decisions and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm definitely grateful for him. And then, yeah, once I, when I came out of high school, my, my first initial thought was I kind of wanted to get away from home for a little bit, kind of want to go, go out on my own, be on my own uh, stuff like that. So I chose Belmont in Nashville and that was, I mean, that was one of the best experiences I've had with basketball outside of basketball uh, the city was great. My I met some of my best friends down there. And then not to mention, I got to play for a, a Hall of Fame coach in Rick Bird. Uh, so that definitely helped me as well. Just learning more about the game, becoming a student of the game. Um, and then after I transferred from Belmont, I kind of it was it was uh, along the lines of the COVID, uh, like when COVID was happening. Uh, so I kind of wanted to get home, kind of be close to my family, my grandparents and whatnot. Uh, so when I entered the portal and then and then chose Xavier, I mean, it was like you said, like a homecoming, like I get to come back home to where I'm from, get to play in front of my fans and my family and stuff like that. So, I mean, that was just amazing to be able to have all my family, my cousins, everybody to be able to come to games, uh, watch it. And it's definitely helped uh, just being from this area and uh, getting noticed in, in public and stuff like that. But it's it's very cool. And your time at Xavier was sort of, it was interesting in that, you know, you got to be, you got to experience like these extremes. And what I mean by that is you got to experience the extreme of, you know, crashing and burning, so to speak, at the end of a season, like fizzling out and not getting to where you wanted to be. And then you also got the other side of that, which is, you got to have this really memorable final season in college where you finish second in the Big East, make it to the Big East tournament championship game. And then, you know, may I correct me if I'm wrong, but the the pit game to go to the Sweet 16 was like, if that wasn't the coolest personal experience you had in college, I don't know what was. But what, what's it like to think about, you know, just the the dichotomy, the the stark contrast of, your second last season in college and the way that ended and then your final season in college and how that ended. 
Uh, it was definitely a whirlwind. I mean, just having that <clears throat> that second to last year I had, uh, where I mean we had the team for it. We all we all had the same goal at the end, and uh, just didn't really reach it. It was it, it definitely hurt not not reaching the tournament and knowing I wanted to play there one more year. Uh, but I mean, thank God for COVID. Got a got an extra COVID year, and we're able to live out my dreams and <clears throat> play with my my best friends. Uh, some of my friends I consider brothers getting to play on that court and and make that deep of a run to end my college career. I couldn't have, I couldn't have pictured it better. I mean, I've always dreamed of playing in the sweet 16 and then to be able to go out and make five threes in the first half of the pit game to, to kind of help my team get there. It's, it was, it was unbelievable. It was surreal. Adam, I think one of the really interesting things to me that sticks out about your career is if you really want to get into the weeds of it, you played for four different coaches. You played for Rick at Belmont, and you played for Travis to start your Xavier career. Then you win the NIT with Jonas, and then you finish your career with Sean Miller. So you really ran the gamut of everything from a coaching perspective. And one moment that sticks out to probably every Xavier fan that's listening to this is a clip that went viral from last year where you kind of kind of head button with Sean. <laughs> and I remember people during the game, before you were able to get to your phone after the game, people were tweeting about it and going, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? And then you got on your phone immediately after the game and you said something to the effect of, you know, I want to play for a coach that loves me and, and coaches me as hard as I want to play hard for him. So no, he said, he said, we eat those is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, to, to see that and, and see that energy from you having played for so many different coaching styles through your career. Can you just talk for a second about what it meant to play for Sean and what you had learned up to that point? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I played for a bunch of coaches, a bunch of really great coaches that care about you as, as people, not just players. And I feel like going through all that uh, growing up has just kind of made me learn more about the game, learn more about coaching styles. And not only that, but as a player, how to, how to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How to, how to react to, to coaches coaching you like that. Um, but I mean, playing for Sean Miller, it was, I would say it's the best coach I played for just him, the passion he has, the, the little X's and O's details he pays attention to. If you need a play down the stretch, he's going to draw up a play and you're going to get a bucket off of it, an easy bucket like that. So the X's and O's side of it, he's, I mean, he's a mastermind at basketball. I mean, playing for him and, and then just practices every day. He's switching stuff up so it doesn't become a lot of, a lot of the words he would always use is monotonous. He wouldn't want the practice to get monotonous because he knows people would, I mean, people would kind of just mentally check out of it. Um, so just playing for a coach that has that passion and kind of he's been through it. He's been a great player, so he knows kind of how to go about these coaching styles. And, yeah, the passion he has for the game, the intensity he plays with, it's it's unlike anything I've been a part of. One of my favorite things about you, Adam, is like you were you were one of those guys who was always willing to talk. You know, you played the game with great energy, great emotion. And I think you desperately need guys who are willing to to be vocal and to speak up in certain situations. You also need guys who are willing to dance when the moment the moment needs you to dance a little bit. But um, I'm just curious, like how how much different 
is what you're currently experiencing professionally compared to like, because I think a, a common thing for a lot of people is like, you know, how mu- how does the game change when you go from college and you're playing professionally in these other places? We talked to Jack Nunji on the show about it, but I'm curious what your your take is on how different basketball is for you right now. Um, I mean, there's definitely different aspects of it. I'd say, I mean, at the end of the day, basketball is basketball. It's always going to be a game everybody loves. But, I mean, going from college to the pros, I've definitely kind of seen the difference a little bit. College, it's, I feel like everybody's more more tight-knit, more of that brotherhood because um, you're all, at the end of the day, you're all fighting to go as deep as you can in the tournament. And then after that, you're all fighting for a pro spot. You're all fighting to play somewhere pro. Uh, and then in the pros, I mean, it's – Every, everyone wants to win still, but at in the back of everyone's mind, they know they got to produce and they got to get these stats to be able to to keep going in their career and keep going higher in their career and making more earnings. Um, so I would just say that I would just say there's I, w- I don't I don't want to say more selfishness, but I, I, kind of honestly a little bit more selfishness and just knowing that yeah you guys can still win, but if you're not producing like the job stability, like you could be gone the next day. Like you play bad one day, you could be gone the next. So just staying consistent. Um, like you said, just being that energy guy, kind of trying to be the same guy every day. Everyone has ups and downs, but if you can, when you get on that court, if you can stay consistent, uh, I mean, that'll definitely help you in your pro career. I remember last year, Adam, sometimes Fox would go in the huddle during games and you'd be pointing at the board or you'd be talking to somebody and Sean would kind of give you this look as if to say, hold on, like, I got it here. I'm coaching a team. I got it. But it was always funny because everybody else around the team would say, yeah, it feels like Adam's out there being another assistant coach as well as playing the game. Is coaching something that interests you down the line? Uh, I would definitely say so. I mean, just a back back to the point of all the all the coaches I've played with. I mean, just being able to pick their minds for a season and getting another coach the next season, being able to pick their minds. I feel like I feel like I've done a really good job of picking up a lot. I feel like I have a good basketball mind, got a good IQ for the game. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I definitely feel like after it's all said and done, and after my my playing career is over, that. Uh, I would definitely like to help the the next generation kind of get that get that same side of basketball mentality that I have. I, I want to go back to COVID real quick because you hit a buzzer beater. I, I believe it was against Marquette during the COVID season. And, yep. and 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 one thing that sticks out to me about that game was I remember after the game, somebody came up to me and they said, it's a real shame that that happened during COVID and there was no crowd around it because that's a moment that as a program, you feel like you want to... Buzzer beaters don't happen all that often. I mean, I, before that, it had been a long, long time since Xavier had hit a buzzer beater, maybe ever at Cintas, truly as the horn was going off. And it's it's weird when you do that in front of nobody in the stands. I was sitting courtside for that game, helping to work it. But the, I mean, there was what, Adam, probably a, a couple hundred people at that game, maybe friends, family, and that was it. So... When you think back to that moment or playing at CentOS during COVID versus what you were able to do once people came back to the stands, it, does anything stick out to you as being as being weird or is that just, nah, man, it was great and it is what it is? Um, I mean, I've definitely, ever since I've hit it, I've definitely had those thoughts. Like, imagine if that was in front of a sold-out CentOS, like how, how memorable that would have been. But, I mean, for me, it was definitely still memorable. It was, I mean, it was my first Big East game. Uh, 
So just being able to do that and then just how it went down, like I still remember it play by play, just second by second, how it went down. And then just being able to celebrate with my guys after uh, on the court and back in the locker room. I mean, it was, that's uh, like, those are, those are moments that players dream of. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. All right, Adam, have, have you added to the leg sleeve at all? That's funny you ask. Uh, since I left college, I think I got, yeah, I got a couple more pieces. Got I moved on to my right leg too. Actually, got got a nice little little shin piece. So. Oh, I'll have to I'll have to you know find out how to watch a Capitone's game. See what you got working. <laughs> with. There you go. <laughs> my uh my last question for you, Adam. Last year during the NCAA tournament, you know the the tournament and the broadcast and everything. You always try to find a storyline, right? You try to find something fun. Well. Uh, one of the storylines from you and your family were your brothers and and uh, how much fun they had following you on your journey and how close you guys were. And uh, I got the chance to meet them in Kansas City before the Sweet 16 game. Everybody was coming up to them and taking pictures. They were having a great time. How much does your uh, your brothers and your family support mean to you? Man, it means the world to me. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Um, I mean, my brothers are two of my biggest fans. Uh, I mean, they've they're my best friends. They've helped me through thick and thin. Uh, they've helped me when I, when I wasn't doing good mentally, they've helped me get through that. Um, but yeah, just to see them kind of at those games dressed in my uniform. I mean, it means the world to me. Those, those guys are literally my best friends and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for them. All right. Well, Adam, we, uh, Baum, you got anything else before we let Adam go? No, it's just it's always good to see AK. That's all I'm going to say. see you, boys. All right, Adam. Well, we appreciate it. Hey, best of luck to you, uh, you know, as you start this journey down there in Mexico. We'll be following along. Um, so best of luck to you and your career. And uh, as always, the the invite is open for the Sean Miller podcast. So hopefully when you make it back to, uh, to the area here and, and for a longer period of time and we get a chance to record, we'll make it happen maybe sometime during the offseason or something like that. So thanks for coming on today, Adam. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Go X.